presented by Syntax Advisors. Welcome to ETF TV, your insight into the world of exchange-traded funds, issuers, and investments. I'm Margareta Harikova, and joining me today is Ophelia Snyder, co-founder and president of 21 Shares, and Deborah Farr. Welcome, Ophelia and Debbie. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Ophelia, can you share with us your experience in the ETF industry and explain why and how you started 21 Shares? I founded 21 Shares a few years ago with my co-founder, Hany Rashwan. And neither of us really set out to build an ETF business. What we really wanted to do was make it easier for people to access crypto. Really, the whole story started with our moms. My mom is a brilliant woman. And several years ago, back when you know Bitcoin was trading at you know, $1,000, was telling me about how the world needed a consolidated currency base, that a global payment system made sense. We were having all these discussions and she actually believed in crypto and believed in Bitcoin at the time, but she never made the investment because the infrastructure was quite clunky, was quite difficult. It wasn't really designed in such a way as to sit nicely with your other investments. And she missed the trade. To me, that seemed crazy. You can be completely right about all the complicated stuff, the technology, the macro environment, the use case, but that the infrastructure is where you get hung up on actually making that investment didn't make any sense. So we wanted to build a product that would allow people like my mom and people like my co-founder's mom to safely and reliably invest in the crypto sector in a wrapper they were familiar with in a way that simplified the infrastructure. And, and that's really how 21 shares was born. That's great. And can you explain why you feel your new 21 shares Bitcoin Core ETP is the right product for the crypto winter? We've been working very hard over the last several months to build out a robust set of products tailor-made to this market, what we refer to as our crypto winter product suite. And the Bitcoin core product is certainly part of that. We wanted to bring to market the cheapest possible Bitcoin exposure. Other names that have already been released are USDY, which is our yield generating product. And today we actually launched two additional products through a collaboration with S&P. We are launching a Bitcoin risk-adjusted product and the other is an Ethereum risk-adjusted product that are designed to give lower volatility exposure to BTC and ETH, which is something obviously our customers have been asking for. So this product suite is really attempting to address very specific feedback we've gotten from customers and specific customer needs, while also building product that is purpose-made for this type of market environment. In Europe, which countries allow investors to invest in crypto ETPs? The short answer is most of them. Depends a little bit on how you define Europe. So whether you're still including the UK in that assessment. Regulators have taken different views on crypto exchange traded products with you know, the UK not wanting those to be distributed to retail all the way through countries like Switzerland, which are definitely on the vanguard in terms of creating more standardized, user-friendly regulations for crypto. We spend quite a bit of time working with regulators to make regulation for this subsegment that both work for issuers, work for regulators, and are ultimately beneficial to customers. What types of investors are investing in crypto and how are they using it? If you look at our client base, because of the way we lead with research and because of the way we really do work with our clients and go deep with them on building thesis around the crypto space, what you end up with is people who are very much thesis driven and thesis aligned with the segment. 
whether retail or institutional, and we have a very healthy mix of both. This has a tendency to create inflows, even in less favorable market cycles like the one we're in today, and also significantly stickier AUM. Because fundamentally, when you think about who's coming into our products, We've always built products for hodlers, for these long-term holders versus, you know, maybe for people who are more interested in market speculation or in trading. That's great. And can you tell us your outlook for the rest of 2022 when it comes to crypto products? We are definitely in a crypto winter, but this is when some of the biggest leap forwards and in innovation in the crypto space happen. Bitcoin originated out of, you know, 08 and Lehman and both DeFi and NFTs as like material use cases. A lot of that infrastructure was built in bear markets. This is a time for, you know, intense discipline and major leap forwards technologically. And you're seeing a lot of that happening on chain, right? The use of smart contracts, NFTs, gaming, decentralized internet protocols. When you look at sort of financial products built on top of crypto, things like ETPs, I think what you can expect certainly from us is this focus on tactical products that's appropriate for this market environment and a solid focus on making sure that everyone who's entering this space is doing so from a thesis-based perspective. And that's a huge part of who we are as a business. We want to make sure people understand what they're getting into. And so I think for us, as you watch these projects and protocols actually buckle down and build, this is a time when that type of fundamental analysis becomes even more important. And do you think the SEC will approve a spot Bitcoin product this year? Honestly, probably not. Regulators follow a fairly predictable pathway when it comes to getting up the learning curve, engaging with crypto. They're very sort of typical milestones that you go through. I think some countries, you know, like Switzerland, have established really clear norms a long time ago. They established consistency in those regulations. They've really done that underlying work. I think the U.S. is still a bit further behind in that, right? They haven't established all of that base yet. And I think some of the questions around typically things you see as later stage questions, like how does Bitcoin compare to small cap stocks for settlement purposes? How do you think about counterparty risks? U.S. regulations is not having those discussions yet. So I think it may be a little while. Still. That's great. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. This was really fun. Debbie, can you share with us some of the other news in the ETF industry? Last week, there were 31 new listings and there were 30 new cross listings. So, so far this year, we've seen 787 new listings. We've seen 1,034 new cross listings. And in terms of closures, there's been 154 and there's been 110 delistings of cross listings. Last week, we saw the first single stock ETFs being listed in the US. This is the type of product that we've had in Europe since 2017. Currently in Europe, there are two issuers, Levered Shares and Granite Shares. In total, there are 200 of these products, and the assets are currently $249 million. So they're not very big in terms of assets. There is some concern at the SEC about these types of products and about complex products in general. We also know that FINRA has been looking at the definition of complex products and selling practices in the U.S., if we look at the end of June or the first half of this year, we've seen that the ETF industry continued to be able to take in net inflows. There was 46 billion of net inflows coming into the ETF industry. Year to date, we're at 463 billion of net inflows, which is down almost 30% from this point last year. But if you think about what's been happening with the war in Ukraine, inflation, 
the COVID situation in China, this is actually not surprising that we've seen this happening. The markets are down both equity and fixed income significantly. It's been the worst year for equity performance since 1970. However, if you put it in perspective, the net inflows in the first half of this year are still above the net inflows in 2020 and 2019. So below 2021, but above the prior two years. Thanks so much, Debbie, for the update. And thank you again to Ophelia for joining us today and to our sponsors, Sitex Advisors, and of course, to all of you for watching. To watch prior episodes and to see news from the ETF industry, visit us at etftv.net. Thank you. ETF TV News does not provide investment advice nor recommend products.